This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You know what's crazy? I'm looking at their I'm looking at the Bruins website right now, looking at just like their uh their points leaders. It's it's I didn't realize just how much Pasternak is leading the team by in scoring. Like, granted, he's played eight more games than Marshan, who's next in line, but Pasternak has 90 points, and the next the next highest guy is Marshan with 56. That's a that's yeah. a, that for a team with so much depth, it's crazy how how much of a gap there is between the first and second leading scores. I know he's played eight more games. I get that, but that's that's still thirty. What's that? Thirty four points. That's crazy. That wow. that reminds me because I thought about this the other day, but I want to look up the last time they had a gap that big between first and second score because I'm gonna guess it's been a while. Like I'm thinking maybe Joe Thornton, but even that, like you had like your Glenn Murray who might have been at least closer than that but yeah it's probably been a while what about like what about like mark savard in like 06 like who would have been behind him like brad boys or marco Sturm or something maybe bergeron True. i could check i could check that one yeah. when it brings up the next point but, <laughs> but yeah I mean, we're, we're gonna end up looking this up by the end of the podcast <laughs> oh, no he's gonna look it up right now whenever whenever I'll, we I'll, change I'll, the subject i'll take it um, yeah okay so do you guys want to move on to the defense because kind of a significant um, uh, issue, <laughs> I guess you can say, leaving the game. Forbert doing his thing, uh, getting he drops the knee down, gets the leg flat on the ice, but takes a puck um, right to the leg. And, or was it his ankle? Um, yeah, it looked like lower leg-ish, but it was, yeah, it's hard to tell. It exactly. was right above the ankle from what I thought I saw. But he has a hard time getting off the ice. He only ends up with 13 minutes of playing time. Um, and we talk about the need for, you know, at the deadline to add another defenseman. And you've just been waiting for um, the shoe to drop. Now, obviously, we do not have an update yet. We're recording this just after the game. But, um, guys, how does this affect? Well, we do kind of have a little bit of an update. Um, oh, so yeah, Matt, that's right. Matt Porter is in Winnipeg and said, Forbert was in a walking boot after the game, and Jim Montgomery said that he's not expected to play the final two games of the road trip. So, at least out through the weekend, and you know, I'm sure he's. My guess is he he might come home now. Yeah, I was but, gonna you know, say. I'm, I'm assuming he's gonna get more testing done, and then they'll probably have a clearer picture. But yeah, I'd say very safe to rule him out for Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, so I I more mean we don't have an update for long term I guess you could say we don't have the evaluation done yet but yeah when we saw Jake DeBrusque in the walking boot that was a long recovery for him um and you know Felino when he got hurt after his game had crutches and and whatnot and 
he's still out. So not sure what the prognosis is as I see Brian smiling about something back there. It's definitely not the injury, but I'll get we'll get to that in a second. But guys, how how is you know how does this affect your rotation and also you know things like your penalty kill, um, the possible pairings you might be able to put together? Well, it takes care of the rotation for a while, for at least for as long as he's out. Um, now you know who your six defensemen are and you're not worried about, you know, having to rotate guys every once every four games. Uh, that said, it also provides an opportunity to get Jacob Zaboral in, which Jim Montgomery said he wanted to do at some point on this road trip anyways. So now you can still, you can still rotate someone out if you want to. If someone's a little banged up, you know, like Carlo sitting uh Tuesday after, after um that hard crash into the boards on Sunday, which by the way, should have mentioned earlier on Zaka's goal and also right before it on a Hathaway chance at the post, both started with good breakups by Carlo and just inside the D zone getting the puck quick up ice. I thought he had a really strong game and uh Nesson had this stat that since he had that tough stretch where we had three straight minus two games during um that portion of the schedule where they lost four or five around the all-star break. And since then he has not been a negative and he is a plus 18 over the last 15 games. And I know, you know, plus minus, not the best stat, not a be all end all, but in his case, pretty telling he, him and Lindholm as a pairing have just been great and just do not give anything up. Um, anyways, back to forward. Uh, yeah, so you can get Zaboral in now. You can, you know, especially Sunday, back to back with travel. Like, yeah, get get someone a rest. Like, who, whoever needs it most, that's potentially an opportunity to even get Lindholm already sat a game, so maybe a McAvoy or an Orlov gets a game off. Um, but now you can get Zaboral in as well. And then the penalty kill. It's going to be interesting to see because. The stats, you know, forward in the lineup versus out of the lineup, it's like a 12-point drop. I think it's 88% uh, in games he's played and 76% in games he's missed. But most of those came back in November when, when he when he was out with a broken hand. So that was a long time ago. Guys have, you know, had a lot of time to get better at penalty killing since then. So it'll be interest, interesting to see what it looks like. And that could be, be important because I – don't think Forbert's job was like locked in for the playoffs. I think there was still, you know, some, a battle going on for ice time and who's in the lineup and all that. Um, so now you get a chance to see like, all right, does the penalty kill really take that much of a hit with him out or are they in a better place now than they were in November and they can withstand it? Yeah. I don't have a whole lot more to add on that situation. Um, from what Scott said, I think like for me, I guess what's worrisome is that Forbert's like one of his biggest attributes to this team is just his ability to shot block and get in lanes. And um, obviously that comes at a price, but uh, it's just like this, you're going to want him to be that, that warrior type defender in the playoffs and, and eat those shots left and right. And it's just, this is the second time. Is it, a, is it the other foot or the same foot? Do we know? This is this time it's his right. 
I mean, so it's just like last time it was his hand, it was a broken hand. Oh, oh, it wasn't his hand. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Maybe I was thinking of DeBrusque. Or a broken finger specifically. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Never mind. Um, but I, I mean, either way, it's like he's just it's just I don't know. It's it's you, you want because because the war of attrition is so important, right? And I know blocking shots, there there is an art form to it, and he, and he's probably one of the better guys in the league at staying healthy while doing it. But the fact that it's starting to you know get some leaks in the armor there, it's kind of troublesome I, I, I suppose but as far as the rotation goes i mean i echo everything scott said um bridget what i was laughing at earlier was um <laughs> i was i was oh, I was, just, still laughing. I was straight up just laughing at the bruins roster in 0607 <laughs> and like and thinking to my and, and and i was also laughing at the plus minus for the for, the, for each player like um the fact that the bruins won a stanley cup four calendar years later after this roster is absolutely mind-blowing to me and they turned it around like the next year they made the playoffs for the first time and they kind of took off but um Savard had 96 points that year the next closest guy was Bergeron with 70 so 26 point spread and then the third highest score was Glenn Murray with 90 I mean um, 45 points so it went 96 points 70 points 45 points and some of the and look at Bergeron's plus minus was minus 28 <laughs> that's the dave lewis era right there i mean come on birds are on the minus 28 the, the look at the, the listen to the minuses on this team minus 19 28 minus 12 minus 24 minus 21 minus 17 minus 22 minus 22 the best plus minus on the team was <laughs> was uh zero it was peter peter kalis who the hell that was <laughs> and brandon bachensky was a was a was a plus three <laughs> oh my god this team was brutal that was uh so that was my senior year of high school and my my friend jim had season tickets uh two tickets and i bought like half the season for the second ticket so that was probably the year i went to the most games as a fan uh and yeah completely forgettable on the ice like that uh yeah so I many went, memories come back. Waste that team, money. Was, <laughs> that I, uh, team was brutal. Well, our tickets were like ten dollars a ticket. Oh, they, was, we were last row of the balcony, so there was there there was so there was so easy to get back then. I yeah. remember I remember in 06, it was January of 06. It was like it was I think it was Martin Luther King Jr. Day because I think I had school off for some reason and my my uh my dad came home early from work and like woke me up at like I don't know seven or eight in the morning. I don't know what what time it was and. uh and he was like, "Hey, you want to? He's like, want to go to the Bruins game today? I think it was a matinee, and they were playing the um, they were playing the the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. It was their last year as the Mighty Ducks. I think they won the cup the next year. But it, anyway, it was at the Garden, and Bergeron had like, I think two goals and an overtime goal. Him and Marco Sturm or something. Um, but it was like, yeah, you could just get a day of game. You go into the Garden, or maybe in the Fleet Center at the time. But it's like just you know, 40, 35, 40% attendance." Like, yeah, and then they, they went, and then they went a cup four years later. It's just crazy. We could like move around to open seats, like wherever we wanted. We we ended up in the luxury box a couple times. Like security was like nowhere to be found. You could just kind of go wherever you wanted. It was, the Wild West. Yeah. I mean, now that I think about it, that's probably the last year. That season is probably the last time there was ever a uh, a non sellout game at the Garden. Maybe early on in that in that oh seven oh eight season, like when they when Lucic was a rookie and. Kessel is coming into his own. I think people still didn't like think they were going to make the playoffs. I think the second half of that year they started to kind of fill the seats, but after that, I mean, I mean, we're talking 
we're talking like 16 years, 15, 16 years of just like sellouts at the garden, which is pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, got to kind of get off the rails there. Uh, I guess we'll bring it back. I feel like Bridget's really good at bringing it back on the rails. So I don't know if there was something else from the game you wanted to discuss or Scott. Um, shot blocks. <laughs> we were talking about shot blocks and, I just wanted to mention McAvoy had five in the first period and he had seven total. So we're talking about guys stepping into lanes. Um, McAvoy was McAvoy had a really good game, I thought. And um, in particular, the shot blocks and the save that he made because it looked like Swayman made another great stop. It was during a penalty kill. Looked like Swayman made back-to-back huge saves and it turns out on the replay, the second one was McAvoy's stick in behind Swayman, um, sending it wide of the net. So saved a goal there and helped Swayman get that shutout. Yeah, what was a really good game for him. And, you know, you, you don't usually see games from McAvoy like that with the blocks because usually he's spending so much time in the offensive zone that there's no need for him to be blocking shots. But, yeah, I think it's it comes back to, like, what we started with, which is wasn't always the prettiest game, but the effort was there. Like, they were committed. And I think McAvoy exemplifies that. Like, normally – a top McAvoy game, he wouldn't even be in his own zone enough to block that many shots, but he had to do some dirty work and he did. He was committed to it. Like he could have, you know, not gone in the way of all those shots, but, um, but he did like he brought the effort and, and did what, did what it took to want to win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, Bridget, you mentioned off the top, I think, uh, Swayman shut out. Sometimes I forget to kind of give give goalies their due because they just they've just been so consistent all year. It's funny. It's like they had one shit game against the Blackhawks. I'm I'm like, hey, you guys notice Omar kind of sucked today? It's like that's <laughs> like the first time all year he's given up more than three goals. And of course, I I call him out. But um, yeah, no. Uh, so great game by Swayman. Nice bounce back performance from from the Detroit game, which wasn't his best. Um, yeah, shot blocking was definitely up there. I mean, you could tell the Bruins were desperate tonight to kind of right the ship. Uh, that's the takeaway from this game. It wasn't pretty at all throughout most of it, but you know they got the job done. I mean, Winnipeg was desperate. They're fighting for their playoff lives, so um, hopefully they can salvage the rest of this this road trip and feel good as they go back home. I think they got what Scott there in Minnesota Saturday. Is that another matinee? How many matinees yeah. have they been playing the last couple of weeks? All of them. <laughs> I guess ABC and TNT love having them in those afternoon spots. I guess so. Yeah, it's. I think it, this weekend it's two. One of them is one o'clock. One's two o'clock. I think Minnesota and Buffalo. So. Minnesota is two o'clock. But you want to yeah. know what? You can watch the Hockey East Championship game after it, so they don't conflict. Yeah, That's right. hockey semifinals Friday, Friday night, four o'clock and seven thirty. So Scott, what what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do if uh, if Merrimack plays BU in the finals? And like Bridget, are you gonna be like mediator or something or or what? Um, no, oh, yeah. uh, I'm going to be gone. You guys duke it out. I'm out of my, my horse is out of the race. <laughs> we get a, yeah. We got to have some sort of friendly wager. We will. I mean, Scott, there's no doubt about it. No disrespect to my alma mater, but Scott's a way bigger BU fan than I am a Merrimack fan. I'm just kind of hopping on the bandwagon. Um, Scott, you're going to be there. Uh, no, well, still mm. possibly for Friday, maybe last minute plan. Ah, I got my credentials. But, so yeah. Saturday will be too tough though with the Bruins playing in the afternoon and then Sunday skate. So I'll watch that from home. All right. Uh, before I sign off, Bridget Scott, was there any closing thoughts from either one of you? 
Right. One of the things, since we just touched on Allmark having that tough game, I was looking today, it, like just having to look at his numbers, and that was the first he had gone two months on the dot without having a game where he had a save percentage under 900 um, until Tuesday night. The league average this year is 900. So he went two months without having a single game where he was even league average. Like, just just crazy. And one other crazy stat that I saw Thursday night, Sidney Crosby now is locked into averaging at least a point per game this season. Um, he has now averaged a point per game in 18 straight seasons, at least a point per game in 18 straight seasons, which is one short of Wayne Gretzky's record. Also just... Wow was like shaking my head at them like that's insane respect that is yeah. that is that is real admirable that's that's really cool um been doing it a long time it's it's like i know it's it's kind of cringy at this point when you hear people call him refer to him as sid the kid i feel like ray ferrar was like the perfect guy to say that sid the kid or, or something like that <laughs> um on like an espn broadcast or something um bridget any closing thoughts from you no nah. 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 Nah, dude. All right. Well, um, they got the wild two o'clock Saturday, followed by guess what, Scott? Another matinee Sunday in Buffalo. So uh when Scott says all of the matinees, he really means all of the matinees. Um, so hey, no one's complaining about afternoon hockey on the weekends, right? Everyone wants to go to bed early these days, so I don't blame them. But uh in any event, everybody enjoy your weekends. Plenty of hockey to watch. Bruins, Hockey East, as Bridget mentioned. Save St. Patrick's Day. Yes, yes. Have a very – Scott, I'm week. talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're, you're the only one not wearing green here. It's not St. Patrick's Day yet, guys. I'll get you tomorrow. The, the podcast is dropped on St. Patrick's Day. Right, People are going to well. be watching this on YouTube on St. Patrick's Day. Whatever, bro. I had I had corned beef. Does that count? Can Bridget, I get credit? That, that does count. It's literally I so should. I, I can't ex- I can't express to you how embarrassing it is that you're not wearing green right now. <laughs> really, it's Sorry. really it's so embarrassing. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I actually I actually coincidentally was wearing this. I did not wear this for for St. Patrick's Day, but I'm gonna play it off like I like I did. Um, Scott but, definitely did it on purpose. Yeah, Scott's rocking a sick Jimmy Fun hat. Actually, it's pretty yeah, cool. very nice. Actually, and and like it, initially, this was just the hat that was closest, and then I was like, oh, and it's St. Patrick's Day, so that worked out nice. Shit for no reason. I was half expecting Scott to wear one of those those like uh, priest Irish things with like the the orange mutton chops on here, like a, little, like a little leprechaun. But maybe next year, Scott. Now that you know what I'm looking for on St. Patrick's Day. All right, people listening are like, all right, end the podcast. So that is exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do right now. So everybody, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of your weekend. <laughs>